You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Hello again, this is George Vulgaris. I'm here with um, uh, Michael Dillion from uh, of Vital Connect, uh, uh, president of uh, Vital Connect Europe. So, uh, first of all, hello, Michael. Uh, it's great to have you here with Tech Talk Central today. Hey, George. It's great to be here with Tech Talk Central. Um, so, uh, before joining Vital Connect, Michael was the founder and CEO of a Geneva-based health bank, a citizen-owned global open health data cooperative. Uh, he's also a general partner with Rollspeed, a Swiss-based investment fund. Uh, before that, Michael was the first uh, EIR entrepreneur in residence for SystemX, Switzerland's uh, largest uh, early-stage life sciences fund, and um, served as a mentor for the ETH Entrepreneurship Lab. And before that, he served as a chairman of uh, Jenny Bio, a bioinformatics software firm for four years and sat on the strategic advisory committee for Health Tees, an EU-backed consortium of uh, four of Europe's top regions in biosciences, medical technology and um, health entrepreneurship. Uh, so uh, b- before that, Michael co-founded uh, two US-based firms, uh, NetElligent Corporation and Active Objects, uh, where he held the roles of president, chairman and CEO, respectively. A mouthful of, of a profile <laughs> and a background. Very impressive. So, Michael, again, it's it's uh, an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. Um, so, uh, uh, first of all, t- tell us a few things about um, uh, Vital Connect. I mean, uh, about the company. Our audience is, is non health uh, experts in no means so tell us a few things about the company first of all so when was it funded uh, how big it is how does it how did it start you know the history first of all the background sure sure uh, so vital connect is uh, sort of the unstartup if you will we're a medical device company uh, based in silicon valley well technically in san jose and um, you know one of the things that um, vital connect i think really uh, sets apart from a typical startup, if you will, a software-based startup like a mobile health startup, is that it was founded in 2011. Um, it spent a majority of that time developing the product, um, the health patch, which is is the product uh, of Vital Connect. That's our biosensor patch. Um, is uh, the result of about 26 million U.S. dollars worth of work. So. You know, not your typical startup in terms of mm-hmm. uh, let's get it done in the next three months with, you know, 50000 uh, or 20000 or $10,000 yep. and lots of ramen noodles, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, obviously much higher uh, upfront investment for, for the R&D. So it, it didn't come out as a lab. Then it started as a company from day one. It's not the university research that then was somehow um, manifested into a commercial product right um, so uh, tell us then a few things about about the the, the the health patch the the product itself so great uh, the the health patch George is essentially a plaster mm-hmm. that's that's it I it, it um, since uh, the audience is uh, technology uh, non-specific to healthcare I'd say imagine a plaster. Imagine a smart Band-Aid, if you will, yeah. if I can use an Americanism <laughs> there. And that's um, that's what the form factor looks like. That's where the simple bit sort of stops. Um, inside of Health Patch is um, 12 layers, one of which is uh, manufactured uh, for us by a very large manufacturer of these things that has two letters in it. Um, and they make it just for us. 
Um, and we also have a battery in there and, and two electrodes and um, a, uh, a memory chip. And then outside of that, we also have a module that plugs into the patch from the outside. So it's, it looks simple, which is the whole point of it. We want mm-hmm. people to use it. My mom use it. My aunt use it. Grandmas. Um, you know, you don't have to be a, a, a healthcare practitioner to use the health patch. That having been said, our core uh, audience, our core target market is B2B. So it is um, healthcare companies that are involved in creating uh, state-of-the-art biometric monitoring solutions. Okay, so I mean, you, you've already answered my next question, which was, I mean, I see that there is like a a, a long list of of metrics uh, that are being collected of of sensors and and the readings that you can get from the uh, from the health pads. I mean, and just mentioning a few like heart rate and uh, heart rate variability, respiratory rate, uh, skin temperature, body posture, uh, steps, stress, sleep staging, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, you're saying that this is not, um, it's not. A consumer product. It's something that is primarily aimed as a, as a B two B product. The way it is positioned at the moment, right? I'll, uh, I don't want, I don't want to give anything <laughs> away, but currently, I'll say okay. with a smile on my face that currently it's it's positioned at, at the um, at the non consumer segment, and we okay. we look for partner companies where we can implement a state-of-the-art continuous monitoring solution. We're the only one of its kind at the moment, mm-hmm. um, FDA cleared. Uh, and one of the big pieces that um, uh, sits on our feature list is ECG. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm wearing one right now. It's a bit hard to see over radio. Uh, but, um, you know, if we look on my iPad, you can see my, as we're speaking, my, my ECG waveform, which if you were able to watch it right now, I'm sure is doing funny things with being on the radio <laughs> and drinking coffee. So what is the, the – I noticed that there are two versions. There's an MD version and a non-MD version. So what's, what's the difference between those two? So the, the non-MD version is what we currently sell for use by partners mm-hmm. for um, non-regulated and, – and I think an easy way to explain it to the audience because this is a big black box for most non-healthcare startups is this regulatory and compliance piece. But – we sell it. That's that's for companies that are selling to consumers. Mm-hmm. MD is for partners that are selling to, um, to to patients directly to patients in a medical setting, um, and we also have a derivative of the MD, which is an evaluation version. We're gonna we're gonna make a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna consolidate some of that in a, in the next month or so and make it a little clearer. But um, the evaluation version is is what we use for research. So researchers who want to use mm-hmm. our device to um, to do clinical studies. So I mean, what you mentioned already about um, 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 health patch being used as a black box for other for teams and startups to create products already gave away a lot about the positioning and the, the strategy, I believe, of, of the company uh, at least for this product. Because I don't know what else you have in. Uh, um, uh, in in works. So uh, when I first saw actually the the health patch, I, I, it it um, reminded me of another company that I, I uh, heard about a few months ago. Uh, I think it's MC10 or something that they have something like a patch which can also be somehow with some magic way under the skin as well as over skin. So how how does it compare? Because it's uh, as far as I know, it's one of the few other commercial products that kind of 
relate to the, the similar uh, kind of technology, like a patch, which is also an autonomous in terms of, uh, of, of power. I mean, somehow it can power itself either by battery or by some other means and also has sensors built in, right? Right. So how, how does it compare uh, with, uh, with MC10 or with the other competition that I might not be aware of? <laughs> right, right. Well, there are... So, so MC10, uh, and funny... The uh, the vice president of business business development and I were at a uh, uh, conference in in France a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the differences in our patches and how great it was, though, that we both seem to wind up in the same discussion together because it's it's helping revolutionize this idea of wearing a patch um, to take high quality um, medical sensors uh, or high quality medical sensing monitoring. Mm-hmm. MC10 is um, in a different space than we are, um, I think, uh, and I won't speak for MC10 because I'm here for Vital sure. Connect, but, um, you know, just as an overall view, they're much more interested in um, what happens in terms of the muscle response um, in the body, and we are focused on continuous uh, cardiac monitoring. We also happen to be one of the only sensors that's FDA cleared for fall detection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, we are... We, there are some overlaps because at the end of the day, there is um, we we you know there are some features that we both companies feel are important to have as part of a multimodal sensor, but we don't um, generally find ourselves at the same table together. We're 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 much more mm-hmm. focused around um, general ward monitoring, clinical trials, telemetry, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good company, so, by the way. <laughs> um, so I, I know that the. Um uh, the general public, of course, is getting uh, like uh, hit by all fronts uh, with uh, the wearables and uh, mobile phones that are loaded with sensors and so on and so forth. But I, I actually start to see, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert, but I, I see more and more companies that are creating actually um, products like yours in terms of something much more uh, dedicated, a, a much more dedicated solution with um, higher quality sensors, perhaps, and much more accurate um, software behind it. I mean, we haven't talked about the product, which is one thing that I would like to do before I move on to my next question, actually. But um, um, do you see this as as a, 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 a parallel trend that will lead to a different disruption, or do you see the the, the paths led by wearable and quantified self style products, and the dedicated specialized solutions that we see from healthcare companies like yours converging at some point when it comes to money, basically to to to, to the budgets that they're both looking at? Right? Sure, sure. So the my the way I view health data um, and healthcare, which are uh, very much intertwined when it comes to technology. I mean, this isn't the same as um, what your doctor uh, provides for you, but there's three silos that the, the entire business is, is focused around. It's collecting the data, collecting the information, exchanging that information, and then making predictive uh, decisions and, and some using semantics mm-hmm. around that. The, the media, notwithstanding, of course, tech talks, because you're way ahead of the curve of media, um, is uh, spending a lot of time on the predictive decision-making. Uh, mm. But what's really happening in this business is we are getting much, much, as you pointed out, much, much better at uh, building, and there's a lot of startups around 
collecting that information passively. And it's either going to happen on a mobile phone. Um, it'll happen on a mobile phone with patches, with, with wearables, whether you put it over your head as a T-shirt or a jersey or you wear it on your feet. Um, that's still in its very early stages mm-hmm. because, you know, it has to be cheap. I say cheap and deep. It has to be mm-hmm. cheap mm-hmm. and it has to be deep. It has to be real, quantifiable, solid data. Most of the other, let's say, wearables that, that came out in the first wave um, turn out, big surprise, they're not very accurate. And, yes. and, and so people yeah. don't – I mean, you, you have to be able to first collect accurate information, mm-hmm. then take that accurate information and do something with it. But junk in is junk out. So, yeah. so it, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of room left. Um, venture capital is, 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 is multiplying around this space every single quarter. It went from nothing to something to really something to this year we're seeing uh, billion-dollar numbers talked about like you used to see in the beginning around ICT. Well, you still mm-hmm. see an ICT. If, if we... Uh, this, there's an assumption, an implicit assumption there that this is not ICT, <laughs> right? Which it is not at the moment, but I would argue that as with all technologies that gradually get commoditized, eventually it will become like an, yet another sector of, of ICT, which actually, uh, actually brings me to my next question, which is, so the challenge uh, is um, the, the accuracy and the, um, uh, the, um, quality of the data that you can get from 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 devices that uh, collect healthcare data do you think at the moment the the main challenges are on the on the hardware side or on the algorithm the software side if you want or what let me put it in a different way what's your differentiation where is the, the real difference between um, a health patch and a wearable is it on the software or the hardware or both i i i was i I hate to always say both because it sounds indecisive, but really it is both. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, there's 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 a lot of effort that went into making the hardware, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of effort that went into making the algorithms that take the data that comes off the hardware and turn it into something meaningful. And then the next stage up is really that's you're exactly right. So, you know, much of what we're doing in this stage of the this this very early well not so early really, but but exciting part of this space around med devices is we're very, we're really fantastic technology chasing applications. Mm. And that's where I want to see, I'm a reformed serial tech entrepreneur. <laughs> so I'm, I'm anxious to see more and more, um, you know, classic uh, ICT uh, groups come into this space and we glue together a business case with a beautiful design with a fantastic piece of hardware, yeah. with good quality data, and then you have some neat things happening in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So before I move on actually to my next question, I think we should say a few things about the product. We moved around all those really interesting topics, but uh, tell us a few things about uh, a typical use case for a consumer or if you want a typical use case for a startup that want to take that as a black box and build something on top of that. Sure. So... Uh, a really nice use case that's developing quite well for us here in um, in Europe mm-hmm. is around this concept of hospital to home. Um, and there was a there was a, a nice presentation on that earlier today in the um, in one of the sessions. Um, 
particularly one around uh, Phillips. Uh, mm-hmm. Phillips did a, a nice discussion about how in outside of acute care, so you go into the hospital now, and if you're not really sick, I mean very sick, they put you in outside of acute care. And um, you um, sort of languish there and hope you get better and and off you go again the the average day in in the eu is seven days for that sort of hanging out and Mm. waiting for things to get better you're not being plied with sophisticated uh, electronics or medications you have a nurse that pops around every once in a while to make sure you're still breathing and i'm not kidding i mean that's part of what we talk about is checking respiration and it's very antiquated they look at your chest for about 15 seconds and make sure you're still breathing (laughs) And, um, and, and, you know, it turns out 40% of unanticipated deaths occur in these non-acute settings because you don't, you're not, you don't have all this technology that the acute care does. And the reason why you don't have it is because it's expensive. Yeah. So in that case, Vital Connect makes a really important, and I'll say this quite clearly, component in the solution. Um, the patient uh, uh, puts a health patch on. Um, the health patch transmits respiratory rate information, heart rate variability, ECG data, the heart rate itself, um, what uh, we can tell whether the patient is sitting up or lying down or has gotten out of bed or has even fallen. This replaces multiple components in the, in, the, in the environment. And we can deliver all that information into a system using Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. now, instead of the nurse popping by, whenever he or she happens to do that i I'll, my mom's a nurse so mm-hmm. it's a under um uh it, it doesn't get enough gratitude for the amount of effort and and pay that you get but they're human beings sure. now this is continuous monitoring going on letting uh the hospital and the systems in the hospital know whether you're doing okay great or definitely not great and it can be done at a price point that actually winds up uh, saving uh, providers something like, and this is a study that we're doing right now in the Netherlands, 15 to 25% in labor costs. I would have guessed much more, actually, for the top of my head. But yeah, okay. So it's, it's, I was just thinking that it's phenomenal the amount of money that you can save, not just in healthcare per se, but in the, um, uh, the broader impact that can have, like having fatalities in, in the hospital, right? And, and uh, being able to treat people more efficiently. Or getting getting out earlier. Yes. So, so yeah, now yeah. we can let you, we, the healthcare community can, can say, okay, go home where it's actually probably safer <laughs> to be at home. Wear the patch home. We have yeah. two trials going on in France around this. And um, if I could give a shout out to one of our partners, be patient. Um, and, uh, and we can monitor you at home. And then when you come back into the office, the doctor's office, the doctor doesn't have to say, well, the, it seems... George, you look pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a nice strip of how you've been doing while you've been making the transition from the hospital to your home. Mm. I, I can picture a, a, a room like a call center. It doesn't. It's not the best picture, but people looking at screens and monitoring and, uh, uh, patients in a much more efficient way than having to go through all the processes. You know, but yeah. Anyway, this is a different thing. So let me ask you one th- one last question. Um, uh, it's probably go- not going to be as short as Nick would like, but uh, I have to shoot it anyway. So I'll go one or, Sorry, maybe, <laughs> or maybe many steps further, actually. Um, and going back to the slightly broader uh, topic of, of human analytics, right? So there are several 
several efforts from my viewpoint, my non-expert viewpoint, right, related to human analytics, uh, which are converging, if you want, around a handful of themes at the moment, right? So we have um, human analytics uh, gathered for diagnosis purposes, healthcare, as you just mentioned, um, research, right, trying to find to, to optimize cures or find new, new cures for diseases, um, things like lifestyle and uh, all those quantified self-applications, um, and even go to things like um, active or um, passive reactive control of stuff, of equipment using uh, sensory information uh, from uh, ourselves. I mean, uh, when I say active, I, I can... Again, this is just my, my, my imagination, right? I mean, I'm not talking about the, um, the, the video I saw the other day about controlling helicopters using our brains, but things like, I don't know, adaptive air conditioning based on my uh, readings, right? Things like that. Or uh, when I talk about reactive controls, like I, I, the first thing that pops to mind is safety, right? Something that monitors my status and it uh, uh, pulls back, pulls on the side of my car and parks it uh, and, and, and things like that if it, if it reads that I'm not uh, feeling well. So... Wrapping up, I'm drawing a few parallels from uh, from other industries uh, and thinking that once the, the, the sensor technology and the algorithm technology reach a specific point of maturity, and uh, I don't like the term commoditized, but let's say become affordable, both in terms of uh, how easy it is to implement stuff, not just in terms of cost, but also in terms of easiness of implementation. Uh, I believe that once we reach that point, then we will see... A, a, a tidal wave of change, if you want, in, in applications and uh, not just in applications and in innovation or perception, but it will radically change how we live, right? Because these are like everyday things that we don't think that can be changed right now. So I, I can easily imagine that this will be a, a greater change than what we are experiencing, on what we have been experiencing uh, during the last uh, few years because of uh, communications, Changes in communication, right? And, and in knowledge, knowledge transfer, not just communication. So that was an extremely uh, a long preamble to my question, but how far are we? I mean, you, you are in a much, much, much better position than me to answer that. But how far do you believe in your perspective are we from this kind of disruptions of new, completely revolutionary products that will change the way we live? And I think what you're building, the, your product is really, really close to the, the kind of case studies that I mentioned now. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so you're right. It, it boggles the mind. Uh, based on what I know about where I think things are from, what I know about the future and, and the roadmap to the future, I mean, just one quick anecdote. So to give you a sense of how Moore's Law is taking place in the biosensor world, and then mm -hmm. I'll just make a quick uh, comment on where I think things are going. Our next version of the device of the health patch will consume 0.1% of the current battery power and be 30 times more powerful from a processing standpoint. In now, the patch itself? Yeah. Okay. And and, and uh, while I'd like to think we're the smartest people uh, <laughs> in, in the world around uh, biosciences, I think this is where the whole business is going. So if you can, if you think that's, that's, I wanted to say that because I can imagine where things will be in three years. I can't even let myself imagine where they'll be in 10 years <laughs> because it will be, it will be something, it will be a place that where we'll 
um, be constantly thinking about um, things that uh, are not even in the realm of our, our discussion points today. Um, no longer will we wonder, I wonder how my body's doing. We'll be mm-hmm. wondering, I think, I wonder how what I do affects everyone else. And that's, that's, I think, going to be quite interesting um, as we move forward. Maybe social anthropology is the next big field to be, social um, mm-hmm. device anthropology. Very few people talk about uh, the network effects and the social effect of, of uh, the quantified self, maybe in the, all these analytics. So, uh, Michael, it was great, indeed a great honor and pleasure to have you here today with you, with us. Thanks, George. It was a pleasure to be here, and I, and I really appreciate the, uh, the invite. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you. So this is uh, uh, George Vulgaris. That was uh, Michael Dillion, president of um, uh, Vital Connect Europe. And uh, we are Tech Talks Central at Moby Health 2014. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.